Words About Books is a poorly spoken podcast. And once a year, we decide to indulge Ben's horror bullshit. So we're stuck doing that again. I'm sorry. Wasn't my idea. But at least we got to talk about boyhood for two weeks. That was pretty fun. Anyway, um, I'm Nate, and Ben is my co-host. He's going to be talking about horror or possibly erotica. I, I, oh God. Ben, what's up? So I've been on an adventure this, this past month. I challenged myself to read one short horror story for every day in October, which I have done. future Ben here about that. I actually was doing pretty good with reading one short horror story a day and reviewing it up until about October 17th, a few days after this was recorded. (laughs) So I got really busy with work. I got really busy with other podcast stuff and I have been slacking on my commitment to read one short horror story each day in October. I am going to make it up to you. I am going to continue reviewing short horror stories into November, but uh, the commitment to get one out every day was not doable. So, uh, my bad. And I was perhaps a little cocky when we recorded this episode. <laughs> Thank you for understanding. Uh, I did, I'm, I'm returning to the, to the, I guess it's my present, but like, whatever. In addition to that challenge, there was there's a secret, not really part of it, where I was exploring different short-form horror fiction magazines. So, Nate, as a writer yourself, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, literary fiction magazines, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I have, like, seven of them myself. What are, what are some of your favorite magazines? Uh, it's a very exclusive one. Uh, called Words About Nate. (laughs) (laughs) I stuff it in the mailboxes of my family and friends. (laughs) I don't actually know how widely read or even widely known a lot of these magazines are, but it seemed to me like a lot of this stuff is only read by other aspiring writers uh, or other writers. So there's a ton of... uh, literary fiction magazines where they will publish and and purchase short fiction and that is where most short fiction uh lives until it gets popular enough to be bound up in an anthology or like a year's best or or something like that and i decided i've never actually looked at any horror specific magazines i've always looked at sci-fi magazines one of the ones that's been around forever is uh, Asimov's. There's a handful of others, but for the most part, yeah, I never really looked into the horror uh, because they don't stock a lot of it at the magazine shelf of Barnes & Noble, and I never made a special effort what? to seek it out. Damn it, Barnes & Noble. They do stock some. Question mark. I've oh, gotten, really? Yeah, I've gotten um, an issue of Black Static at Barnes & Noble, but they do not stock it regularly i don't know maybe they only have maybe they only buy like three copies and when they're gone they're gone and there's there's just three other uh black static fans in my town (laughs) okay but yeah so i've been mostly exploring short fiction from a few of these magazines that i found tried to get a few different sounding ones i didn't look into what they paid or anything because i i wasn't really coming at this from the writer side some of these were really good some of these were okay and uh-huh. and a few of these were not oh so, so a few of these had uh some questionable content about a ghost f-ing someone or something <laughs> <laughs> so i've been trying to get nate to read some of my short horror fiction reviews. I've been trying to get him to read some of them in preparation for this episode so that we could kind of talk on an, on an even footing about some of this. He refuses, but there is one I told him about that's stuck in his mind. So I'm going to say, let's do this magazine by magazine. All right. 
Okay, so I'm. I'm I, I don't know what the different magazines are. I'm going. To I tell only you. know of one or two of these stories. I I think. Did you include the one about the guy who died and then became a dog and then also died? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll talk about that real quick. Um. So misery porn. Yeah, I didn't focus on this for this episode just because it's really not my thing. One magazine is Black Static, which I mentioned before. My experience with Black Static has been that they publish horror stories that are literary, well-written, and are miserable. No, they're not garbage. Not at all. They're good stories, but they're just miserable, some of them. And it's not scary. It's just tragedy. And and you and I have talked privately about the difference between like horror and tragedy. Both are negative emotions, but like one can be fun and the other is never fun <laughs> to me. That's Black Static. If, if that sounds like something you're into, by all means, go for it. But I decided to spare myself that this month because I knew I, I didn't like that sort of thing. I guess I should mention, if you're not familiar, a, a lot of the magazine's sort of vibe comes from an editor and when they change editors it can it can be a dangerous time for the magazine because you can really run the risk of alienating your audience god forbid but the first one i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up their website here if you want to follow along at home i (laughs) am going to be going (laughs) i'm going to be going through uh the the blog the blog.wordsaboutbooks.ninja that Nate refuses to read. So you could you could follow along at home. And if you don't want to follow along at home and be a cool guy like Nate, uh just just continue to listen to the podcast. Okay. So I went <laughs> to the website for the the first one and I, I have to send you a picture, Nate. <laughs> because uh, oh boy. Oh god. I, I think you will I'm not know, gonna like this, am I? I think you'll know which magazine we're talking about as soon as you see this picture. Huh. Okay. <laughs> um Why don't you describe that for the people? <laughs> it's it, it's porn except she has a knife in her hand. <laughs> She's writing him cowgirl style, but also has a knife covering his junk. <laughs> Men all want the same thing. She'll give it and more. It doesn't this is where you look... go with the the SpongeBob thing and more. <laughs> it doesn't look like a knife. I mean, it doesn't look like a traditional. I'm gonna stab you with a knife. It looks like like a, a masonry like putty knife. It looks like she's sealing his butt crack right now. Um, <laughs> You're right. Okay. Uh, this is not what I set out to do today. So, if if it hasn't been incredibly obvious, this is um, this is our free flowing episode for the month. We're just we're just kind of having having a good time here. So. No, this is pretty intricately scripted. Um. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hurry up. Your line was next, Ben. You're just yes. pausing. Yes. So uh, this the, this section of the episode is dedicated to unnerving magazine which uh publishes short horror fiction uh paranormal stuff about getting your butt crack plugged up and dying horribly uh i read four stories from what i think is issue 15 and unnerving magazine kind of combines horror and sexy like they they don't shy away from mixing the two. There's there's a lot of R rated. <laughs> I would I would say R rated, not X rated stuff in here. Oh, so this isn't the one about the. Uh, well, no, this is the, the ghost one. erection. Okay, it, it is all right. But I don't know. I guess that's kind of X rated. <laughs> but all right. So so jump into the story about the woman just minding her own business and getting a d- 
from a ghost. Oh my god. <laughs> so tactful. Hey, you read it, okay? This one's on you. Okay, I read I read two uh, I read four stories. Two of them were what I would consider to be, you know, your pretty stock standard horror stories. Uh the first one was the I'm going to butcher this. I had to look it up. Uh, where's my pronunciation guide? Here we go. The Wemata Gunnies by James Edward <laughs> O'Brien. Okay. And and, uh, and what is that? That is an actual Native American legend. Maybe like a okay. cryptid. It's kind of like it, it reminded me a lot of a lot of the Scandinavian stories about like Hildefolk and and elves and stuff. It's kind of like a forest imp that's mischievous but if treated with respect can be helpful to you and if treated disrespectfully can uh, really f*** your shit up and you could probably guess what happens in in this story yeah they they treat it respectfully they get everything they ever wanted for and they live happily ever <laughs> after obviously but I won't go into too much detail, because we'll be here all day if I describe each and every one of these. The second of Yeah, the, and we really just want to get to the good stuff about weird I'm gonna tube get, shaped. There's, <laughs> there's two of these. that uh, I just want to get through the other one. The other one is uh, another story of, of uh, I would say, the, the classic tale of a person desecrates uh, a grave and is cursed and punished. Then interspersed it was literally like like a b a b so normal uh weirdly sexual normal weirdly sexual that's that's how the magazine flowed so the the first weirdly sexual story is not actually the one nate keeps bringing up but another one i told nate about that he took a passing interest in do you remember this one Mm, no so fans of of books and the words about them may be Oh thank fam- God, that's that's definitely not me. I hate books and reading. <laughs> may be familiar with a, a lesser known indie author named William Faulkner. No. No, I'm pretty sure you made him up. William Faulkner wrote, among many other things, a, a story called Sanctuary. In which um, certain sexual violence happens. Oh, good! I'm not going to go of this. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on it because I don't want to. Oh, god! I do. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> god damn it! If you want more details about it, go ahead and check out the blog. I do have a content warning. There's a content warning for rape on this story, but uh, we find out where William Faulkner got his inspiration for for that that story of sexual violence and it is uh i'd say this is this was probably the most like i don't know about this story (laughs) in the magazine (laughs) this one was like the reason i say that is because i didn't i didn't know what the tone was because things are described in the story with like like an almost perfect comedic timing and I I don't know if that's intentional. If it is intentional, I'd say inappropriate, my dude. And if it's not intentional, then I would say swing and a miss, my dude. <laughs> but the guy who wrote this is is actually like top build on the magazine. So they were like really happy to have gotten a story by this guy, and and I was I was just like, okay, <laughs> this didn't do much for me at all. But it's it's great horror question mark. It's there's this thing of like literary fan fiction that you find, especially in short stories, where some famous story actually happened, but it with a paranormal twist, and and it yeah like. Like how uh, one time I got this Sonic the Hedgehog cartridge, but like it was weird because the title screen, he had black eyes with red, red pupils, right? You, you know what? You are actually making a great, this red, like a, <laughs> like a, a literature majors creepypasta. <laughs> I, I would say that I, that's the vibe I get from that. 
It's and that's like the level of tact that is applied. It like it's well that written. Good, huh? It's well written. I when I compare it to creepypasta, I guess there's certain assumptions baked in in that. Well, the part of the fun about creepypasta is how poorly written it is. Then of course, I I read your favorite story, which yeah. You got to turn on the the great music uh, as you're introducing the title of this. What's it called, Ben? I guess we're going to feature this one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we have to at this. I'll tell you what. How about how about I just I read you my my review. All right. This is this one's for you, Nate. Thank you, Ben. This is all I ever wanted. Fading memory skirts the line of what I personally would consider to be horror. There are certainly horror elements, but, well, there's a scene in Ghostbusters that pretty much encapsulates this story. It's the scene where Dan Aykroyd gets a ghost blowjob. Our main character is a woman who recently broke up with a guy. The guy isn't handling it very well. He keeps insisting that she'll take him back because she misses the sex so much. All the while, our protagonist keeps having ghostly ghostly encounters of an erotic nature. It's hinted that the boyfriend knows she's been having these encounters, probably has something to do with them. Uh, the tables are turned somewhat when our heroine begins to look forward to the encounters and no longer fears them. There, there's this horror framing device that, you know, it's, it's this intruder and the boyfriend's being all creepy and stuff, but... The story is basically just a handful of sex scenes and then a random ending that explains absolutely nothing. The point of the story was obviously to have the sex scenes, which is what? fine. Say it ain't so. Come on. It's totally fine. I'm I'm not here to gatekeep the horror genre. This is a sexy ghost story, but it's still a ghost story. <laughs> I could totally understand why it works for what Unnerving Magazine is doing. It's just not personally what I think of as horror. And so when I rated the story, uh, that made it a little complicated because I've been rating most of these as horror stories and I wanted to try to keep the ratings fairly consistent so that all the good stories kind of receive like seven plus ratings and then the middling stories are like five and six and anything below five is probably not very good. Garbage. I wouldn't say garbage. There's a few, I would say garbage. There's a few I'm gems. Unnecessarily mean. <laughs> there's a few gems, but they <laughs> like the ones that are below a five for me have uh, big flaws. I should say, but not necessarily. Yeah, like they're not written creepy pasta enough. <laughs> so. So yeah, would you rate this? Okay, so believe it or not, I ten, don't. Ten out of ten. I don't. I, I decided to rate it as erotica and not horror oh see now you're gatekeeping what is horror ben which I'm you not, said you didn't want to do i'm not gatekeeping what is horror i'm just saying you're definitely I, gatekeeping it ben you're saying this isn't horror no i'm saying if i rated it on the horror scale where i take into account how much something like challenged me or bothered me this would be like close to a zero so if I read it, but it's it, creepy until she's into it. I guess. Yeah, which doesn't take very long at all. Yeah, I should his mention. Erection is like a tube. I'm gonna get to that. I should. <laughs> I should mention. You have to get to that. That it's written by a middle-aged dude from the perspective of a woman, and uh, and you're okay. saying that maybe he doesn't have perspective because I I don't buy that for a bit. So so basically, there were a few like hentai dojin level descriptions of of how human anatomy works how, <laughs> of how female anatomy in particular works that i suspect are not accurate <laughs> and and have a very like men writing women vibe to me so that took me out of it a little bit and i, I don't know so so i'm gonna say this uh, This may or may not surprise listeners of the show. I don't know what you think of me. I don't read that much erotica. So I don't really... Okay, hold on. What? Okay. All right. That's it. We've got to read... uh, We've got to read Marked 2. 
<laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, marked this story made me appreciate marked so much more. <laughs> <laughs> marked was was like top tier compared to this. So, if you like if you're looking for erotica with a little bit of a paranormal twist, marked i i would actually recommend marked i kind of as as erotica with a paranormal twist i like marked but my problem with marked and what we made fun of marked for a little bit is kind of my problem with this and it is that i don't know what's normal for erotica i don't know what makes good erotica necessarily and maybe maybe one day we will explore that on the podcast if we can uh be mature enough about it It'll be, it may take a couple of years, but I always encounter this problem where, you know, as a writer, you want to use a variety of words and vocabulary to describe things. You, you want to make it not, not Gosh. boring to read. And, um, that always makes me laugh when you're talking about sex, because inevitably you stumble into some Her kind sword like of... nipples, please. <laughs> Inevitably, you stumble into some <laughs> some sort of like simile or metaphor that leads to me picturing just I, I remember uh, in marked it was the like the pink curtain <laughs> that got me that. that got me. <laughs> Um, I completely in, forgot about that. In this one, <laughs> in this one, uh, there was a quote that I literally almost did a spit take on. She felt a man's body pressing up against her, the thick tube of erection nestling between her ass cheeks. <laughs> I think of the uh, the the. The little cardboard thing that toilet paper comes on. Absolutely. I thought, I was going to say, I literally thought like the Penny Arcade cardboard tube samurai. Where it's just a, a guy pretending to be a samurai with, with a big cardboard tube. And like, just the choice of words. The choice of words, ass cheeks. I'm sorry. I'm going to clap that's your cheeks, bro. That's never... That's. You're you're never gonna say the words ass cheeks, and I'm not gonna laugh. Like if if I were laying on the side of a carnival trying to revive you with tears in my eyes, <laughs> and somebody came to me and was like, "Hey, hey, ass cheeks," I'd laugh and and I'd save the day. That's that's exactly how you'd get me to do it. Yeah, didn't work for me. Needless to say, thought it thought it was a low point uh, in the magazine. <laughs> I, I thought both of the uh, both of the like sexy question mark the first like both of the stories that involved sex were the weakest and one was borderline offensive and one was just kind of funny. So if you got to be one of the two, be kind of funny. But um, I don't know. But it's not horror. Do... We're gatekeeping. Uh, not horror. <laughs> And uh, maybe maybe publish yourself elements. in an erotic an erotic magazine. My rating was uh, five out of ten. Five out of ten as erotica. It it was okay, but I I was laughing when I was I was supposed to be experiencing a different emotion. What you've never laughed so hard that you got turned on? Come on, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the vibe I got from Unnerving Magazine is kind of light, kind of fun, has a range of different authors who submit to it. Uh, the editor obviously has a, a wide variety of tastes, and they're really not afraid to dive into the sexy stuff. I think you would see more blending of the erotica and horror genres. Freud's into it. So should you. You ever, ever think about that? I would definitely read more Unnerving Magazine, but I do think this one doesn't match my personality as well. But I think if you're a person who, like, you're into, like, sexy horror, this yeah. is where you might want to be. A sexy Jason for Halloween. Uh, people do it. I'm sure they do. I'm going to Google it. Careful. All right. Oh, these are just these are just ladies. So of course it's going to be hot. 
Come on. Obviously. What, what did you think was going to happen? I was hoping for a Jason in a Speedo. Come on. So what's up next is Dark Magazine. Is this the really depressing one? No, that was Black Static. Oh, okay. Are you even talking I'm, about Black Static? Not really. I didn't want to do it because <laughs> it actually depresses me. I didn't want to, I, I've tried to read two separate issues of Black Static, and each time I was just depressed. I was not scared. It is dark. I mean, it, it's dark stuff, and it's well-written. It made me feel. Like BoJack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> I have an unpopular opinion on BoJack Horseman. You love it and it's the best thing ever? It just pisses me off. <laughs> I thought you already said this. You're like, oh, we, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to really care about this guy who almost had sex with a minor. Yep. He's a garbage human being. End of series. Like, what, what's there to explore here? But how does that make him feel? I don't give a fuck how he feels. Okay, glad we got that off the table. Uh, what's the next magazine? I said dark magazine. Dark magazine. All right. So what's what's so dark about dark magazine? Is it the kids <laughs> these days aren't like how they used to be, and they don't respect their elders anymore? I, again, read four stories from dark. It's almost going to be boring to talk about because... I thought they were all really good. I, I mean, I, I don't have many criticisms or much to tear apart. I would say Dark Magazine is probably more more of a literary vibe. It's not taking as many like genre extreme risks. A lot of these were horror stories that had something to say, some kind of social commentary. Social commentary, like murderers bad don't get murdered it's not fun well no no so what i mean is like one story was uh hundreds of little absences which is about i i couldn't really tell in the story i i guess it's something in this in the universe of the story that all women can do um they can basically do self-surgery to to modify themselves to be more conventionally attractive um so so you're you're saying this is fiction? Yes. Oh man, I hate to tell you this, Ben. Uh, that all women can do that. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this or not. I mean, like they could just cut themselves open, shave off a few millimeters of bone, and then yeah, press the skin together and heal back up. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I, I can't believe you didn't know this. This has been like a known yeah. medical fact for years. I did not know that. Wow. But go on. Yeah, well, how does how does this story just explore real life? <laughs> so basically, it, it kind of deals with like body image issues and literally cutting yourself apart to conform to a societal standard that's forced upon you. In this case, it's kind of forced upon the main character by her mother. No, just cut her up. <laughs> Problem solved. It's a slow burn. It's a real slow burn. Uh, the horror kind of just comes from this character's just reluctance to to modify herself initially, but then she starts modifying herself to avoid bullying and and then and, she can't stop. Well, and then she starts doing it just to again be be more conventionally attractive, and her slow realization that she's been removing her herself along the way like as, as she changes things she's changing who she is in a way and she's losing something and that's the that's the horror of it it's definitely a, a more like feminine take on horror there were a couple of things i actually had to talk to my wife as i was reading this there were a couple of things i, I just didn't really get a couple and of your wife that didn't mention that she could do this no she didn't oh my god in fact my my wife recently had uh, a surgery and I, i'm pretty dang sure she can't do it so i don't know what that means well were you in the operating room no i wasn't okay so she operated on herself and just didn't tell you maybe maybe i shouldn't have let this cat out of the bag uh forget you heard this no. yeah <laughs> yeah i think maybe i was supposed to keep this a secret from you specifically that was my bag. oh it's like it's like a truman show thing the entire world knows this and i'm just i'm just in the dark but yeah, there are a couple of themes that, that might have gone over my head just because I'm I'm an ignorant man. But like what? I think it was pretty like good. What specifically was, went over your head? 
there's so there's there's an ending to the story where i mean the end of the story she our protagonist has a daughter of her own and she finds this is now this is the horrific part the protagonist finds all the pieces of herself that she cut out over the years and she tries to reinsert them into her body okay and they don't take and so she uh, asks her daughter if her daughter wants to be you know cut on and the daughter is like okay with it and she inserts the the removed pieces of herself into her daughter to strengthen her daughter i wasn't quite clear on i okay so here's what i think what they were going for i think they were going for like breaking the cycle kind of narrative where it's like i'm going to take the pieces of myself that i had to get rid of to conform to this you know society and i'm going to give them to my daughter only because it's horror it's it's like i'm going to physically stick tissue inside of you with a knife uh but metaphorically that's like the pieces of her personality <laughs> as, she as she's lost stabbing along her the daughter way. this is metaphorical <laughs> <laughs> i i don't that that's where i say like it kind of it kind of broke down for me at the end, but I don't know if that was me just not relating properly because it's it's not really a story about something I've gone through. Because, like, you know, I'm a big, fat, hairy dude, so <laughs> I never... I never changed a damn thing. <laughs> so so yeah uh but i thought it was really well written it made me think and i'd say each of these uh stories in dark magazine made me think except for the last one um there's one called uh fiat 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 and it was again so that's what i put in in the image for the blog post The Latin meaning, let it be done. Yeah, that's it. Let there Um, be light. Fiat lux. I didn't like it. How dare you? You and your literary high tower casting down judgment. So in some ways, it wasn't fair to the author. Like this story, this story reads like a, a no sleep subreddit post. It's very difficult to to suspend your disbelief it's it moves way too quickly the bad guy's way too overpowered it just reads like like a high school kids horror first horror story it's 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 needlessly edgy it doesn't really connect with me on any kind of emotional level needlessly edgy how so essentially the guy the the bad guy is a kid like a 10 year old kid okay who I bet I could take a ten-year-old kid in a fight, but go well, on. Well, not this kid. Oh, not this kid. Okay. Because did you know that when you kill people, you get superpowers? Ben, uh, again, I feel like I need to inform you that yeah, everyone's everybody known knew that. that. Yeah. yeah, that's why. That's why when they tried to arrest Ted Bundy, he just flew away. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what happens in this. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah. you're gonna. I I need more details now, man. I'm. <laughs> so, the there's this boy who starts out killing animals or whatever. As you and do, and he gains powers from this. Eventually, he smothers his like baby brother in the crib or something. And then he gains the power of levitation. And so he just keeps killing more and more members of his family as like sacrifices to some kind of demon or something. And he gains more and more powers. And then his friend, he's going to kill his, his best friend. And his best friend was taught some some spell from, from the 
in Malleus Maleficarum. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, from what? Okay, so this is an actual thing. The Malleus Maleficarum is kind of a how-to witch hunter's guidebook, and it's stupid. I think it literally means like the witch's hammer or something. Did he go to Miskatonic to, uh, to pick that one up? Well, no, this is this is a real book. Yeah, like, Miskatonic is a real. Oh, oh okay, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, no, like real people in in medieval Europe used this book, and it contains all the all the bullshit. Okay, witch finding stuff, and so the kid borrows some protection spell from the Malleus Maleficarum, and it and worked. St- and it works. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so real quick, does that protect you from the magic powers or from being killed in general? From the magic powers. So if, if the 10 year old decided to just like go get a gun or like throw a knife at this guy, still screwed. Yeah, Yeah, but he didn't because he was relying on his magic powers. Okay. So you always gotta have backup kids. Uh, if you're gonna go on a killing spree, you need to have a secondary weapon ready to go. This is where the suspension of disbelief problem happened for me because I immediately just started thinking like, okay, if you're trying to tell me that the Malleus Maleficarum is a real thing uh, and it actually led to the death of, you know, God knows how many thousands of innocents and that you could just get superpowers by killing people. It's like the, the entire world changes. The world like, would be screwed. I mean, yeah. First <laughs> off, everybody would be killing people all, all the time. The time. <laughs> Yeah, there would be one person, one human left, and they would be a, some immortal super god. Yeah, it would be like Highlander out here. Yeah, but okay. So, so then the police come for the ten-year-old, and the ten-year-old's like, "Bye," and they don't just open fire as police are wont to do. <laughs> well, so he does get arrested. Okay. Oh, oh, he takes the kid's powers away. He takes the kid's powers away. That's what he does. Okay, so they arrest the kid. First of all. How do you arrest a kid with all these powers? What what powers he got, does he but, have? Okay, the powers were removed by the Malleus Maleficarum spell. Oh, I thought that just protected. Okay. N- no, I'm remembering it now. I. I so they arrest this ten year old. Yeah, I, I. Okay, so the story also bounces around in time between like it starts out at one point. Most of the story takes place like six months before that point. And then it occasionally bounces ahead like 40 years into the future for the author to say, like, I could have made it all up. That's what they say I did. But but I don't think I did. And it's like, how do you think you could have made it all up when your neighbor killed his entire family? I, like that either. <laughs> that, that either that, happened that is, or it didn't. It's a matter of it's public verifiable. Record. <laughs> yeah. It's a very easily verifiable thing. I'll never forget those stairs. Oh, that's next week. Cut that. Uh if, <laughs> if this were on the no sleep subreddit, it would it would perform average. But this was not on the no sleep subreddit. This was on a like a magazine that had previously featured stories about like economic distress, uh the the pressure society places on on women to be conventionally attractive. Well, every now and then you need something wacky. That's why we should have read the Goosebumps. Yeah. So I was just like, <laughs> this this was a a big disappointment. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this this was I this did not belong in the company it found itself in. That's all I can say. And and going back real quick, you said the ending doesn't explain anything to the to the pornographic one. I, I gotta know. What was the ending? Okay. So the ending is that the guy, the, the ex-boyfriend, shows up at her house. And he went from being this, this big buff Chad dude um, to being like a totally emaciated, scrawny, skeletal man. Okay. And he's like, I thought I, thought I could make you miss the sex, but you're... You're insatiable. You're taking too much. I can't keep up. And so, like, the implication is that somehow he conjured a ghost of himself to pleasure her whenever she was uh, horny. I guess this is just going to be an explicit episode. Um, Yeah. (laughs) When are they not? uh, But, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and so uh, the the implication is, uh, so somehow he conjured like a ghost of himself to to do that whenever she's she's aroused, and um, he can't turn it off, and she's just like aroused all the time, and it's literally draining his life force, and she tells him to uh, go away, <laughs> and he does, and. Uh, implication is that her her overpowering lust kills him okay so again i don't know how he did that well i don't know what the exact nature of the spell is well well ben there's there's a better solution here a lot of them yeah no no there's there's a better solution to the (laughs) ending so he's like yeah you're you're draining the life out of me and she's like go away and then he stabs her to death. Problem solved. She can't be horny if she's dead. That actually would be a better ending. Yeah. That actually would be a horror ending. Yeah. Put me in the game, coach. I'm ready. <laughs> well, that's what I said. Like some of these magazines you might you might think about submitting. I don't know if they'll take our submissions after this podcast. But... <laughs> Hey, we're we're saying check the magazines out. There's no magazine I covered that I wouldn't recommend checking out. There's just magazines whose audience differs. I think Dark Magazine is probably pretty mainstream. Um I think I think any fan of short short fiction would would probably enjoy Dark Magazine. Unnerving Magazine has a little bit more of that that sexy edge. I think a little. I think people would consider it to be weirder. That's what Uzumaki really needed. It needed some sexiness. <laughs> ah, the spirals making you insane and also aroused. Oh yeah! Cue the porn music. <laughs> sexiness, aroused. Sex-sex-sexiness. Ass cheeks. <laughs> all right what do we got next after uh after maybe i killed maybe my neighbor killed his entire family i don't know what's uh, next uh next is nightmare magazine nightmare magazine has fiction poetry nonfiction, flash fiction i i, I dabbled in a little bit of of everything and i have to say it's an it might be another boring one because i actually liked everything i saw in this magazine oh my god that is boring (laughs) it was very similar in tone and selection to dark magazine i'd say both of these are pretty mainstream nightmare and dark and if you ask me to choose between them i don't know that i could and in fact well, I'm going to hold a gun to your head, and you have to pick. I think Nightmare probably has more content, so if you're going to buy, buy. All right, there you go. But uh, there were actually a lot of the same authors published in both. So I think, yeah, they, they have a very similar selection process. The The one that I would, I would probably feature was uh, Kaw, C-A-W, by W.C. Dunlap. Yeah, create a wrestler. Create a wrestler. Okay. Um, this was a. <laughs> That's where you make custom wrestlers in those video games. I know what you're. I don't want to give a lot away about the story, but I'll say it was a post-apocalyptic story that doesn't involve zombies or a plague. Okay, you've lost me already. <laughs> See, that was. That was all I needed. I was like, oh my God, it's fresh. It's weird. It's a weird idea. And, but this one, this one does a good job of covering a lot of the social problems and, and dynamics that post-apocalyptic fiction usually explores, like the breakdown of social norms and, and sort of humanity at its, at its most basic survival level. But yeah, you have to kill your fellow man in order to get superpowers to survive. <laughs> but it has a it has a really interesting, weird twist that I, I loved. Oh, my so, God. 
is is the twist that we were the post-apocalypse all along? You will never guess the twist. I, I could safely say I've not seen anything quite like Ka, and I, I would recommend it. Oh, it's called Ka. All right, so the twist is uh, uh, evil evil ravens or, or evil birds are killing the world. You're on the right the track. End. You're on the right track. I think I described it on the blog as... I wrote a pretty short one for this because I didn't want to give anything away in the blog either. It's a mixture of The Birds, The Fog, The Thing, and Freaky Friday. <laughs> the, the Disney? Yes. Channel movie? Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis was in two of those. <laughs> so yeah. Would you like to hear about the next magazine? Oh, there's another magazine. I went hecka deep on this one. There's okay. there's one more magazine I purchased. And oh my god. This was the most adventurous of them all. It is called Boneyard Soup. Boneyard Soup. Boneyard Soup. Okay. I I'm just going to let you know I would not eat that soup. I don't know where it's been In other the, than a boneyard, yeah, a which boneyard. Yeah, uh you're right. I wouldn't eat that soup because I know exactly where it's been. <laughs> so you can, I think you can read their lead story on the website. I purchased it. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because Boneyard Soup, if you're listening, I like what you're doing. But the process of buying this magazine <laughs> needs to be streamlined just a bit. Oh, this is the one where you had to like PayPal them or I, something? Yeah, I, I PayPaled boneyard soup and then a day later somebody emailed me a pdf <laughs> <laughs> like i paid five bucks and i refreshed my email a couple of times and i was like huh i because there's there's really no like i was like there's no instructions on where to download there's and then i read and it's like oh you'll get an email eventually <laughs> and i was like well that's five dollars on oversee again and <laughs> <laughs> then I I was like, I'll give it 24 hours. And if I don't see something in 24 hours, I'll email them. They did send me the, the issue within 24 hours. I suspect somebody is actually mailing out these PDFs. I don't think this is an automated process. I could be wrong. No, I, I otherwise know. it would have, it would have been more instantaneous, right? Right. That's what I think. Uh, unless it takes 24 hours for the transaction to clear. Maybe if you're if well, I actually hope that someone is emailing them out. That's it, what it I feels more. <laughs> it feels more exclusive. Like you're you're doing some sort of shady back alley deal for it, a magazine. It did. I felt like I was buying <laughs> buying like illegal <laughs> short horror fiction. You got you got the money. Yeah, you you got the magazine. I got it right here. With that being said, I thought it was a really like charming magazine. It gave me like these these old zine vibes. Would you recommend someone go through the process of having an illegal PDF uh, transmitted to them in a back alley in order to read it? Honestly, yeah, I I don't. You're not going to get ripped off. Uh, so that that was the main thing I wanted I wanted to say is like I was a little concerned with this process, but you know nobody stole my credit card. I did when I saw the the order form i was like i did go on my my credit cards website and make like one of those special cards that only has five dollars on it to, <laughs> to do the transaction but nobody attempted to steal my credit card uh i i think that's it, good it's a legit operation <laughs> they've got great art they've got lots of like little blurbs and reviews and letters to the editor i, I really liked it i liked the the vibe um Stories were okay. I'd say they were kind of middle of the pack for me. Nothing, nothing super, <laughs> super bad or super amazing. But you only had to to spend five bucks for it. So. Well, a lot of these are only five bucks. I got the vibe that this was like super indie. They're they're trying. I think it's like a quarterly magazine. Why don't we release a magazine, Ben? Because we'd have to write. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we get hung up. But yeah, I liked Boneyard Soup, but but man, you gotta you gotta make it an instant download somehow. And 
a couple of these, like I, I don't have a huge problem with it. Most of the other ones, I think you can just get on your Kindle. I think that's going to hamper the success of this magazine if it's not eventually a little bit more accessible. I don't know if you want to sell out to Bezos, but I bought uh, their July issue because I actually started reading before October. So I am probably going to buy their October issue. I will say that. Every single one of these magazines I liked. Probably for me, I think Unnerving was was the worst fit, but it wasn't bad. Actually, Black Static is the worst fit for me. I don't know uh, if you care, but in addition to the magazines, I also found this book at a thrift store. Uh-oh. I don't like where this is going. You got bed bugs from it. They were hanging out on the pages. Oh, God, I hadn't even considered that as an option. <laughs> well, let me see. Let me bring it up. I don't think it's in print anymore. I I picked up this this thing called Weird Tales, 32 Unearthed Horrors. Why does this sound so familiar? Why does it sound so familiar? Who have we ever encountered that might have oh, been featured no! in Weird Tales? Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> we talked about this recently. Oh, God. No, okay. So, we've actually talked about two authors who've been in Weird Tales. Ray Bradbury, believe it or not, was in Weird Tales. He A, a much... Much, 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 much better author than the other guy who we talked about in Weird Tales. So I just wanted to mention this because I, I, I was... I would love to hear that other guy talk about boyhood, though. That would... <laughs> <laughs> you go down by the creek and you tell those kids playing stickball that they're a bunch of idiots. You go down by the creek and you wonder what it might be capable of. <laughs> What could lurk inside that creek? Who knows? What if the creek were alive? Uh, but no, what, what I was going to say is, so I've been adventuring in short stories. I've been, I've been trying to read like a little bit of everything. I wanted to, I wanted to read these current magazines to, you know, see what the, what the state of modern horror is. But I also decided to go back to this weird tales. Now the purpose of this weird tales book uh, 32 unearthed horrors is that apparently weird tales was in business for 32 years and they picked one story from each year that it was in business that hasn't been published elsewhere or, or is just kind of underappreciated. Okay. So there probably isn't Ray Bradbury or the other guy. The other guy this. actually might come up cause he's got a lot of oh, stories God. that aren't the gems. Well, there's a reason for that, because they're bad. <laughs> even even the supposedly good ones suck. So whoever put together this compilation acknowledges that some of these stories might not be the best. That's, that's a good way of getting out of it. It's like where you say uh, in Sonic Adventure 1, don't worry about it if you clip through the floor. That sometimes happens. You acknowledge it, so you can't be criticized about it. So, do you remember last year we read oh uh, Pickman's Model? Yes. We're talking about H.P. Lovecraft, if you haven't caught on. Uh, <laughs> yes, he's the other guy. He's the other guy, the not Ray Bradbury guy. Yeah, we read Pickman's Model. Uh, it wasn't the best but it also did not infuriate me so so i read a story from the first year of weird magazines publication by a guy i'd never heard of named anthony m rudd and the story was nice. called a square canvas uh-oh is it just pickman's model and then hp lovecraft plagiarized this guy it's not pickman's model but it is another story of a weird artist it looks too real it looks too real this i actually like this better than pickman's model does it have a guy who says hey you want to go to my creepy studio without sorry <clears throat> hey you want to go to my creepy studio? Don't tell anyone that you're going there with me. No, this one. <laughs> it, it, okay, first off, I will say this one. 
I was, it was like, I was, I was reading Lovecraft. Like it, it had a lot of the same can like, I couldn't describe it. No, no. <laughs> so undescribable. Not, well, there was a little of that, but he, he, it, it was like Lovecraft, but a little better. <laughs> so it's the same thing where somebody's in inter- a low bar to just casually trip over. <laughs> Somebody's interviewing this guy in an insane asylum who claims to be this famous artist. And he's he's giving them his his life story to prove that he is who he says he is. The artist formerly known as Anthony M. Rudd. So the artist discovers that he has a talent for art, but he can only create his greatest works when he kills something. So he's That's not where I was expecting that to go. He starts off. I was. I think my head was still in the porn gutter, though. No. He can only exp- he can only experience his greatest works when he's naked. <laughs> okay, go on. He starts off by like ripping the legs off insects and and torturing them and then drawing it. And, and so does he have to torture them too? Yes. Or can he just kill yeah, them? He has, okay. No, he has to like mutilate them. And then he paints these like amazing works and everybody thinks like apparently he is painting the corpse that he's mutilated, but it's amazing. And uh, oh, okay. it, it escalates. So he starts off with like insects, then it's like a rabbit, then it's a horse, then it's right. Obviously we eventually get to people. Yeah. That's, that's how this works. Yeah. And he, God, what a bad time to be a crazy corpse mutilator. I'm just going to spoil this. Yeah, you're going to end up in an asylum. I'm just going to spoil the story because I actually liked the ending. And it was like, that's where I was like, oh my God, it has a real ending. It's not just Lovecraft. So And and I heard them coming for me. Ah. So he he (laughs) describes killing his wife. And mutilating the corpse and painting his masterpiece. And he has now, they, they, they discredited him. They put him in an insane asylum, but he kept. You know what? You know what he could have done instead of that? What? He could have gotten a job. I don't understand. <laughs> You're right. This is my art. This is my art. Like, like a YouTuber? Like, like a real job. Like you leave the house and you go and you seek gainful employment. And then you come back home with money, and then you don't have to kill your wife. Like an OnlyFans? I mean, it's kind of like an Only. I mean, you could do that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he he he's like, but I still have the greatest painting I ever did—the one that a human life paid for. And he, he pulls it out of his jacket pocket and unveils it. And it's it's blank. And it's bad? It's blank. Oh. It's blank. He's he's just okay. fucking insane. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or That's actually pretty good. The, I, the implication is either that he's just insane or that he killed his wife for absolutely nothing. <laughs> probably both. Yeah. I mean, it's you like, would have ah. to be insane to... Yeah. So I kill I killed my wife and here's my masterpiece. It's, it's nothing. It's blank. Yeah, but it was that's, it that's was, why you're in an insane asylum instead of jail. Yeah. yeah. So it was um, it was an ending that actually made me go, okay, yeah, uh, that, that yeah. There's some some things like what was really going on? Was he insane? Like it at least made you think a little bit. And yeah, so this was this was like a perfect. Um, Lovecraft story done just a little bit better. And this and guy it turns out he was really a fish monster. Bye. <laughs> this guy <laughs> had absolutely no career. Well, yeah, he didn't have a guy pushing him from the, from the bottom and he wasn't. No, uh, you know presumably... what his main problem is? I'm going to tell you his main problem. His name, his main problem is his name is Rudd. The, yeah. The, Paul. We remember HP Lovecraft because of that name. That is excellent branding. Yeah, he should have named himself like Jim Nightshade. Tony Danger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tom Fury. <laughs> Dick Bigley. 
<laughs> hey, we'd remember that guy. <laughs> Dick Bigley, the the famous horror writer. <laughs> Well, it's official. I know if I'm ever going to write for public <laughs> consumption again, I know what my pen name's going to be. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll probably disguise it. I'll be Richard Bigley. That'll. <laughs> if you like this episode, let us know. Give me, give me a tweet. Uh, email us at wordsaboutbooks at gmail.com. Let me know. I would consider uh, doing something like this again with a different genre. Uh, maybe I'll do sci-fi magazines. Maybe we'll do fantasy magazines, mystery magazines. If you guys really, really want, I will delve deep into the world of erotica. I don't care. I know Nate wants that. If you do, we just should read Marked 2. I mean... I, you know, uh, this is probably not the appropriate time to discuss it, but season one of Words About Books, I think I realized, like, we were way too hard on some of those books. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Because uh, um, Marked, I have a new appreciation for it today. <laughs> I I actually remember Marked Yeah, I looked back fondly. and I saw, oh, I gave it a one star. Uh, yeah, no. I think that... I think it definitely deserves two. Oh, at least, yeah. Two or three, I'd say. Yeah, Marked. I didn't know what a one-star book looked like when I read Marked. <laughs> now that we have, we've really experienced the full width and breadth of, uh, of literature. Yeah, I went ahead. I gave it two. Good, good but I also you. went back. I took a star away from the Southern Book Club, so now it's at two. So, you know. <laughs> I don't remember what I gave Southern Book Club. Uh, probably gave it like five or something because you loved it. And it was, your favorite it was two or ever. three. It I... probably was three. Well, well, Mister Nate, I suppose I suppose it is time. Yeah. Are you gonna? Why, why don't you take us out? I like to make sure you remember the links every now and then. All right. So uh, there's our Twitter at wabpod. If you want additional show notes and content, or you want to read Ben's blogs, uh, he put a lot of effort into it, but you just listen to all of it here, so you don't have to. Uh, take that, Ben. I'm I'm minimizing your work. People, if you want to do that, that's at blog.wordsaboutbooks.ninja. People have been reading them. I've been checking the stats. Oh my, oh my god. All right. Well, that's cool. If you want to buy us a coffee, which is to say... Uh, you want to support the show with money. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can In case you were unclear on that. <laughs> buymeacoffee.com slash WABpod. <laughs> There's also a stream that we do. We're going to be streaming Halo Combat Evolved. That's on Mondays. At twitch.tv slash words about books. But yeah, buy me a coffee. Do it. Buy me a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash I crave your coffee. Threes of people have donated to the show, so, uh,. Get yours today, I guess. You don't get a reward other than the satisfaction of giving other people money. You suck at this. <laughs> You're right. You get the reward of my Jesus love. I, I'll love you. Uh... I just keep turning to my other monitor and looking at this girl putty and this guy's butt crack and it's all I can see. <laughs> I don't know what this artist was thinking. <laughs> It's a good it's a good image. The figures are well drawn, well painted, it light and shadow. This guy's butt light and shadow are, are doing great things here. But like this woman is just obviously puttying this guy's butt crack closed. <laughs> and I can't not see it. It's exactly what it looks like. Or she's gonna stab him in the taint. I mean it's just not it's just not threatening. It's just not threatening at all. I think that that would be a horrible way to die. You can't poop because you've got putty in your butt crack. <laughs> <laughs>